Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. Goodness sake, Beth. Keep your voice down. Your father's listening to the radio. I'm not This is the Annie Fry Show. You know, some people. Um, see me, uh, you know, I could walk down the block, uh, some give me the thumbs up and other give me another finger, you know, <laughs> but that's New Yorkers. You know, I wake up in the morning at some time and look at myself and I give myself the finger. <laughs> New York city mayor Adams. Uh, do, I haven't looked through the whole sheet today, Brad. Do I have any fun Fetterman sound that I have to get? To? Uh, no fun Fetterman. No fun today. Fetterman. So- okay. Fun Fetterman. Yeah. That's the segment. It's like a cake. <laughs> Brian, Brian. Yeah. For the new year, write it down right now. We need a fun Fetterman inter- uh, intro. Okay. Fun Fetterman intro with confetti. <laughs> o- o- audio. <laughs> I was going yeah. to say, I don't really know how we do that on the air, but you just did. So, actually, yeah, actually, just, just use that clip right that. there. Okay. <laughs> it would sound like a fart and a. <laughs> and then, like, one firework. <laughs> An errant firework that actually goes into the barn. Man. Happy Thursday. It's Thursday, folks. It's the Thursday before Christmas. This would be what we call Christmas Thursday. Yeah, it is. Man, yesterday, I just kept going, Hi, happy Thursday, everybody. And it was Wednesday. Every day this week has <laughs> yeah. felt like my last day of work. Yeah, it really has. And then I go home and I'm like, I think I have to go back tomorrow. You're, you're not alone, though, Annie. I really do believe this is where the people are. Where? This is where, <laughs> this is where all of St. Louis, if you're listening right now, you're going... Today's Friday, right? Oh. Ah. It's a metaphor. It's not. Yeah. I thought you meant physically. No. This, they this are here. studio is not where the people are. Your listenership includes. <laughs> the people. <laughs> three out of four show hosts listen to the show. <laughs> That's as good as the dentist. I tune in whenever it's good, which is why I love the poll question today. <laughs> you tune in whenever it's good, which is when you're in here. <laughs> yes. 
Exactly. Um, well, I've got the whole crew in here. First of all, we are going to acknowledge Leah, who is running the board for the full show today for the first time. All Yay. right. I'm sorry <laughs> for whatever might happen. No, we're good. We're ready. We can handle this, right? Let's hear some random crap. Yeah. We put <laughs> we put the entire show in Brad's hand with literally exactly zero radio experience. Yes. And you did fine. Eventually. You did fine. Okay. I'll His resume, it. I've ran the board at church. <laughs> that was pretty much. I've run the board at church. That's. I, I, I would have corrected that, but that was his resume. <laughs> I was quoting. Yeah, here he comes. <laughs> well, that was before I worked with Annie. Right. I was trying, trying to stay away from the grammar jokes. And, and Annie's I don't, dad. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to say it out loud. Dad said it out loud. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yes, he did. Do My you... grandmother in her grave probably said it out loud, which is where he got it from. I, listen, I need your dad to know that he has played a pivotal role in improving my grammar over the past three years that I've been on this show. <laughs> it is amazing, and I think I'm I'm dead serious. Thank you for that because my grammar was awful. You are not dead serious. Whenever you hear <laughs> the song by Flock of Seagulls, do you go, "Oh, actually, it's I've run, and I've run, I've run so far away." Is it I? Um, he said, "I ran. now I will." I know, but he's making the point that it's incorrect. Is it? Oh boy, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. I don't know. I'd have to look at the words. That's okay. well. The YouTube live chat poll for today, which might actually be going down as we speak, <laughs> open the show is. without any hard hitting news and monologue. Here's the deal: we've got one show left after this. Some people were asking us on Tuesday if we were still going to be live on Wednesday. We're live all week. We're Heck here. Yeah. We're finishing um, out this holiday week strong, and we're happy to do it. I'm going to be taking the next week off in a few days into the first week of January. I'm basically trying to mirror my kids' schedule as much as I can, man. Those kids get two weeks off. That's ridiculous. Take them back. <laughs> we, they're not even home yet. But I'm thinking, I think it's time for those kids to go back. But two weeks off, they're super excited about it. A nice slowdown is good for everyone. Um, I'm taking off the same amount of time that my husband is taking off with his school uh, break. So I've got this show and the next show tomorrow. And tomorrow will be a fun Christmassy show. It's a Friday, of course. But I wanted to use today as a little bit of a precursor to us going into a break, but coming back in 2024. Because we've been talking about 2024 for quite some time. I played that Mayor Adams uh, sound because he's talking about how, you know, everyone's a critic. And if you're a politician, if you're the mayor of New York City, you're not making everybody happy. Now, you can make a lot of people unhappy, but still get the majority of the vote and still be the mayor of the city. But what I like about what he's saying and doing there is that he's reflective of what reality is instead of somehow or another blowing smoke like he's the greatest person ever walked the face of the planet, which is what some politicians might do on both sides of the aisle, I might add. But I think the idea of introspection and asking for feedback is a positive thing. So today's YouTube live chat poll, also because the first poll that I sent both of them was just a question mark because I couldn't come up with anything. Tomorrow we'll do something Christmassy. I wanted to make today a, a productive one. So I'm asking you to come to the Annie Fry YouTube channel and grade the Annie Fry show. So we do grading polls uh, every 
once in a while, and so you get an we get four options: an A, a B slash C, a D, or an F. Now I understand there are going to be a lot of people who are going to come say nice things. I appreciate each and every one of those, but we also want your comments about the specific things about the show that you really do like, that you really do enjoy, things that we've done that maybe we don't do enough of or things we do that you think we do too much of because I will spend, I will probably spend up until the day after Christmas, Christmassy, eat Christmasing, and then after that, I will kind of go into a lull and then there will be a moment where I start thinking about coming back to work and my creative juices will be flowing and I want to put feedback into that. And 2024 is such a pivotal time for the country, but it will be very important for us to be on point every single day for you from noon to three right here on 97.1, and your feedback matters to us. Sometimes it's hard, Ryan, to like put yourself out there like that for us to open ourselves up to, because there's going to be some honest criticism come through today. Sometimes it'll come, I regularly get it to the show Facebook page and that type of stuff. And a lot of times, I would say over 50% of the time I get that criticism, it is useful criticism, not always said in the nicest way, but there is an element to it that I'm always going to listen to. And that's fine. And today we're actually inviting it. So it's a little bit different because we're going, all right, we're watching for this stuff. We're going to all think about it, consider it. Uh, If you want to say mean things, I guess you can. That's just like any other day. But we're actually taking your feedback into consideration because we want constructive criticism and also lavish praise, if I might add, <laughs> uh, if you love something. If you if you do leave us some some rich comments in the YouTube portion of uh, the commenting here, we could almost do a roast at the in the two o'clock hour. That would be you fun. know what we should do have Trisha is all of the, the positive comments. We should read with a heavily sarcastic tone. <laughs> I don't know that we're gonna re- read them all on air. Are you? Do you? How do you, Brad? How do you take feedback and constructive criticism? Uh, I take it as just that feedback and constructive criticism. Even like if somebody's trying to be mean to me, I look for the grain of truth that they based their big, huge, mean comment out out of, and try to see if maybe there's some truth to that too. So I, I generally take it pretty well. I can handle it. I got big shoulders and thick skin. Ryan, caveman. (laughs) Ryan, how do you take it? My forehead's not big enough for that, but (laughs) Uh, uh, criticism. How do I take criticism? Constructive. Constructive criticism. There's a difference. I take constructive. I could answer this one for him. Fair. Depends on the source. Depends on the environment in which it's coming. But how about internet chat rooms? uh, (laughs) (laughs) I take that usually with a grain of salt. Right. But. Um, if, if that comment comes in more than once, then I say, well, maybe, you know, I'll take a look at it. It's so hard because you got to do what you do. And if somebody wants to criticize it, you can make course adjustments, but you can only do so much. We live life on the air. This is who we are. So it's not as if we can't adjust how we present a show, but in a lot of ways, you're hearing just who we are as people. How often do you, or I guess any of us, I'll speak for myself first, when you do, when you tell a story on the air, I, I get so much feedback when we, you know, like the Kill Me event, talking to hundreds of people who we're so grateful to have spent that evening with. It's the most consistent thing that I hear is that they appreciate the personal stories that I tell about my family or that we tell about 
our lives. And so I'm constantly combing through my life to say, yeah, I'm going to let this one through or no, I'm not. I'm not bringing that to the air because I have to respect everybody who's in my life as well. And there there are times it's not it's not frequent, but there are times where I'm like, gosh, I don't I hope I didn't do that wrong. I hope that if somebody heard that, they didn't hear it in a way that I didn't intend. And I do think that the that element of of this show particularly sets it apart in the in the lane with which we drive. We could, and I do most of the time, if you're going to tune into the show at noon, I'm not going to be talking like this. I'm going to be saying something uh, about probably the biggest news story of the day or the biggest thing that's striking me. You can ask Brad or the whole team here. I don't write any of that down. I don't plan it out. I come in here and I say it. And that is a little risky because... Sometimes I'll walk myself into saying something and I'm like, okay, I have to really choose my words carefully. And if I, if I falter, if I say something wrong, or if I put something out there that I didn't intend to do, that is, that can be risky and there could be consequences to that. But what we're doing is very raw. There is nothing. I mean, Ryan, can you think of anything that we've ever done here that is just a manufactured bit? Uh, I can honestly tell you, other than the manufactured bits that we do, like the the production pieces, the obvious, like we're making things, a haha joke. There's- we we can't we can't do that because we're on for three hours a day. You particularly are leading a show for three hours a day. Uh, that's something I had to learn from coming from TV and from music radio, is that you have a lot of time to produce, to polish, to create a final product. Going into news radio and talk radio. You just don't. You have no time. You are preparing for the next show the minute that the first show is done. So when we bring a produced piece, you hear that and you know, oh, we actually put some time into that. But that takes what? Maybe you put the same amount of time into a produced piece or a written piece as you do three hours of a show. So you literally just don't have the time to do that. You can't write it. Radio historically has involved bits, phone calls, um, things that are made for entertainment. And there's usually elements of truth in it, but it's put together in a way that it paints an entertaining picture. Like, the, the 100% of the show is real and raw. And I know that there are times where we we go into something and it does not turn out the way that we expected it to. Sometimes that makes it better. Other times you're like, okay, we learned that lesson. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to move on. But... I really, I think about the history of radio and where radio is right now, and I also understand very much so with this show and my history of working with this radio station that digital elements, adding digital elements to terrestrial radio is incredibly important to stay relevant, to find yourself in front of uh, new audiences, younger audiences. I mean, it's no, it's, it's no secret that, like, you don't see radio advertise like like marketing the way you used to because there's just so many more games in town and so social media is is where that that area lives that's basically how we do marketing and, and we're hustling we're doing it ourselves it's me managing it and brad and and leah contributing to it based on what we pull that day from the show 
hoping that people will say, yeah, that's good. I'll share that. But I mean, that's essentially our marketing. And so we have to constantly be turning and burning as much as we can ourselves. And when I ask a question, grade the Annie Fry show, and I'm asking for your honest feedback, we have four people here who are running the same race to try to make this show the best show it can be. We are limited in, like, we can only do so many things. If we're doing something and we think it's great and we find out on the whole, you guys aren't, like, super into it. Then we need to move on from it and we need to do more of that other thing that you're like, I love it when you guys X, Y, Z, and we need to invest in that. So this being the second, la- second to last show of uh, the year for me, and wanting the opportunity to look and read and consume your honest feedback, come to the Annie Fry YouTube channel and vote and let us let us know why. I mean, even if you if you are very kind and you give us an A, but you still have feedback, we still want that feedback and we can handle it. Yeah, we want to know what you like. If you if you really like uh, the news and you and you really prefer when we're we're getting fired up because we do I think all of us get fired up about things that are going on in the world and we're upset and I think you guys are too a lot of times if you want to hear more of that if you want to hear more of the comedy you know more of our lives and stuff like let us know what you like that that helps well I want to uh, feature some of your comments throughout the course of the show Ryan will be back in for Wiggins America on in about mm, 23 minutes or so and you're going to give us some Christmas statistics, and we're going to find out if we are in the majority or the minority of what most people are or are not doing for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, lots of different random kind of, not even necessarily traditions, but things that everybody is doing or thinks people are doing at Christmas. Find out how many people are actually doing it, whether you are, whether, you know, what percentage actually are. All right, well, let's let's uh, take a quick break here. When we come back, Hans von Spakovsky is going to join us. Uh, with Heritage Foundation, legal expert, of course. We've got a lot of things to talk to him about. For instance, Donald Trump saying to the Supreme Court, no, I don't want you to rule on this appeal from Jack Smith that went straight to the Supreme Court to see if he could be charged with that, uh, if, if he would have immunity or not in those J6 cases. And also, we have just learned that Rudy Giuliani has filed for bankruptcy in that uh, defamation case. I think it was a $148 million settlement. What's that mean for Rudy Giuliani and the people who won that case. Hans von Spikowski on The Annie Fry Show when we return. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is a tough one for the Supreme Court to abandon their two pillars that they claim to be making all their decisions around. So as a lawyer, I get this. And I think there is a real strong case for the Supreme Court to agree with Colorado. As somebody who is a politician... I think it's a real bad decision because I think it really helps Donald Trump. And um, I don't like anything that helps Donald Trump. I find myself in the weird position of agreeing with Bill Barr in terms of it helping him. I think it does help him. Well, Missouri, your former senator, Claire McCaskill, talking about the Colorado Supreme Court decision to bar Donald Trump from the ballot. Let's get to our guest, Hans von Spakovsky who's on the phone with us right now, Senior Legal Fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Hans, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you. Thanks for having me. So the Colorado decision, uh, the Supreme Court, a lot of people are saying that the Colorado Supreme Court is going to go to the the uh, United States Supreme Court, and people are asking for, for a 9-0 decision against what they said. What's your reaction to what Colorado did this week? Uh, it's one of the most abusive political decisions I think I've ever seen a state Supreme Court make. Um, it, it's really an a, uh, example of judicial arrogance. Uh, and it's unprecedented that four judges, three dissenters, four judges said, we're not going to allow the four and a half million registered voters of the state to vote. And by the way, Claire McCaskill, she got it exactly wrong. She said, oh, well, if the Supreme Court follows its rules, they'll leave the Colorado rule in place. No, what she's talking about is that the U.S. Supreme Court has said you shouldn't change the rules of an election close to the election. Well, that's exactly what Colorado has done. Uh, We are very close not only to the primary election dates, but the ballots are already being printed and are going to be sent out way ahead of time. And yet with the Colorado court, in fact, is changing the rules right before the election. So she she got it wrong as she does so many other things. I have to say, Hans, as somebody who gets to speak to legal legal experts like yourself, among uh, other people who pop in and out throughout the course of the week, it is almost impossible as a non-legal eagle to to understand what's going on right now. I saw Ken Paxton, the AG in Texas, is suing. Uh, I guess Jack Smith or somebody because of the lawsuits he's bringing. I mean, the appeals and the levels of appeal. And now we know Donald Trump doesn't want the direct appeal to the Supreme Court from Jack Smith to happen that way, to stay in the federal appeals court. I mean, I can't even articulate it the way it's supposed to go. At what point does do Americans who should be able to rely on equal justice under the law check out completely and make this completely tribal. Well, that's already unfortunately been happening. And and by the way, look, this is this is all a relatively recent phenomena. Um it was the 2000 election down in Florida that led to an explosion 
in lawsuits over election rules and election issues. So uh, this is really something that's that's, uh, developed in the last uh, 20-something years. But now, yeah, there are so many. Look, I do this for a living. I have trouble (laughs) keeping track of all the different lawsuits all around. But but look, going back to the Colorado case, um, these these judges are obviously wrong in what they did. And I actually thought the world might be coming to an end this morning when I read um, when I read an editorial by Ruth Marcus of The Washington Post. Ruth Marcus is probably one of the most left wing editorial board members in the United States. And yet. She was agreeing with the points I've made about <laughs> why the Colorado judges were, were wrong. Um, and there are numerous reasons for it, the most obvious of which is that uh, they got it grievously wrong when they said that Section 3, which is the part of the 14th Amendment that, that they're relying on, applies to Donald Trump. It, it doesn't. It doesn't apply to him as a former president. In the same way, it would not apply to Joe Biden, if he became a former president and was accused of this kind of thing. So, I, I mean, it, the, the, their, their decision is just wrong. When I listen to you say how obvious this is wrong, and, you know, if it goes to the Supreme Court, I just think of scenario after scenario after scenario where what is so very obvious doesn't end up being what materializes. Do, do you see, is it a possibility that this goes to the Supreme Court, they take the case, and it comes back 6-3, 7-2, something like that. Uh, yes. Um, I could easily see it. I mean, I, look, I think Trump is going to win on this, uh, but I could easily see it coming back 7-2 because while I think the conservatives might be able to persuade Elena Kagan, one of the liberals, um, to vote the right way, uh, uh Brown Jackson and Sotomayor are two of the most, frankly, politically uh, biased judges, I think, that have ever been on the Supreme Court. In decision after decision after decision, um, they do what the social justice uh, crowd wants them to do rather than apply the Constitution the way it's written. So I could see them. Uh, agreeing with the Colorado court. But I just, I, I think the Supreme Court will take the case. I think they'll decide it on a very fast basis. And I think uh, they will reverse the Colorado court. And uh, look, and, and you know why this is important. There's at least a dozen more lawsuits like this proceeding all over the country. So they have got to come down with a ruling on this. Yeah, and a definitive one. I've already heard, it was yes. Marie Harf on Fox News today, was asked about I think her I think the question that was posed to her was something about what Joe Biden's reaction was when he was like, well, Trump's an insurrectionist. But she then went on and immediately went into and I go, OK, here comes the talking point. And I hadn't thought about it yet, but it was it was good to hear her say it to tip us off that this is what is coming next. If it comes down six, three or seven, two, we're going to be getting told about the activist Supreme Court. We're going to get to be, right. be told about the politicization of the Supreme Court. And then we're going to probably get back into the conversation about the expansion of the Supreme Court in an election year. At least that's what it feels like it might go to me. Oh, oh, yeah. Look, you could already see this. I think it was CNN yesterday saying the Supreme Court is going to decide the 2024 election. No, 
if if the Supreme Court comes out and overturns the Colorado um, decision, what they will be doing, or the effect of their decision will be to say the voters will get to decide. Because that's what these four judges in uh, Colorado did. Was It was very anti-democratic. They took it away. The choice of who should be um, a candidate for president, who should be president, they took it away from the more than four and a half million registered voters in Colorado. Yeah. The dangerous thing here is leaving it in the hands of the of the American public voters is what it seems like. Uh, Oh, that's their attitude. That's their attitude, isn't it? Yep. Hans von Spakovsky with us right now. I want to shift uh, topics just a little bit because we've talked a lot about the Colorado scenario on the show. And I guess we wait now for the Supreme Court to hopefully act with haste on that. Uh, Rudy Giuliani got smashed with a huge, huge amount of money that he was going to owe these two women, these um, poll workers in Georgia. I think it was one hundred forty eight million dollars. And the news has come out today that he is going to file for bankruptcy. What do you make of the way that that scenario played out? The it seemed as though that the attorney for Rudy Giuliani in his statement said that Rudy Giuliani did make mistakes, like he did do some things wrong here, but they were hoping for the jury to not decide an incredibly drastic decision against him uh, punitively. And they really came down with a hammer. Uh, How in the world, even if you assume that Giuliani uh, did something wrong, uh, which is very tough to prove in a defamation case, how in the world did these women suffer $148 million in damages? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Uh, this, is a, this is a punishment verdict put in by a biased jury. Um, uh, this, is, this was not a real case where a jury was actually looking at potential uh, damages. Uh, damages to their reputation? I, I w- I'm willing to bet if you asked um, 99.9% of the people in Georgia, if you gave them the names of these two poll workers who supposedly had their reputations damaged, every single one of those uh, residents of Georgia would say, huh, who Who are you talking about? So how could they have suffered such a huge amount uh, of damages to their reputation when nobody knows who the heck they are? Hmm. Man, that's an interesting point. Uh, Before we let you go, we're speaking with Hans von Spakovsky, the senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. In 2024, Americans are going to have a a massive decision, and it really couldn't be more clear. You have uh, two candidates, at least, that are leading their parties right now in Biden and Trump. There's there's no intersection of of the circles of their Venn diagram. They're apart. You have to be in one camp or the other. And the justice system, I think, is the thing that frightens the most people right now because these are, generally speaking, appointed people serving in positions unelected and drastically affecting the way we view our country. What needs to happen with whomever wins that 2024 election or what does Joe Biden need to do as the president right now to get us back to a place where we can trust that our justice system is fair? Every single one of the political appointees in the Department of Justice from Merrick Garland down uh, need to be asked to immediately resign and be replaced. Every single one of the FBI agents, lawyers in the Justice Department who have engaged in wrongdoing now for years, everything from the abuse 
of the uh, FISA statute to those individuals who are involved, as we now have found out, in the organized effort to convince and pressure and coerce social media companies to censor the opinions of Americans, every single one of those individuals needs to be fired from their positions. Uh, I can't think of anything more dangerous to the liberty and freedom of Americans than having those kind of bureaucrats who are willing to abuse their power uh, in, in office. And that's the only way to try to right the ship of, of what's become a two-tier justice system. Hans, in your, in your viewing of what's taken place in the campaign so far, you don't have to even name names, but have you heard anybody articulate that they are capable and willing to do what you just said needs to be done? Uh, no, not to the extent that it needs to be done. Put, put me in charge and I would do it. <laughs> All right. I will forward that along to anybody who will listen to me, Hans. Merry, Merry Christmas to you. We're so grateful for you and your time here with us. Our listeners appreciate you so much. Uh, thanks for being with us here each week. We look forward to the new year with you. Thanks, and Merry Christmas to you. Bye-bye. Hans von Spikowski is a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He's a former FEC commissioner, DOJ lawyer, and author of the book, Our Broken Elections, a good one to read up on before we hit 2024. Quick break. When we come back, Wiggins America in studio, Christmas stats. Where do you fall? Are you in the majority or the minority of a lot of these Christmas traditions that people participate in? We'll find out with Ryan Wiggins here in the studio when we come back. Don't go away. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. bunch of christmas oriented stats i want to find out whether you said oriented mm-hmm. and i thought you were going to say oriental and i was like we can't say that <laughs> well you can't say oriental because it just refers to like furniture and you just can't you don't refer to people that's correct but you can refer to like a rug yeah exactly but you just started but saying none of that, that mattered just, because just the state of the world and and my life that we live in where i'm constantly don't say that I know. I, I'm, you started saying, I'm like, <gasps> I was thinking about that the other day. It's okay. Yeah. How people won't even say the word oriental to refer to furniture or goods, even though that's completely it's an acceptable. acceptable because people are like, oh, can I say that? And yes, if that you can. has changed, let us yeah, know. Yeah, let us know. I mean, <laughs> we, the rules are changing every day. We mean well. <laughs> right. We're um, trying so hard. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Here we go. Let us know whether you, and you can comment on this in the live chat as well. Do you buy a gift? We'll start with this one for your pet. Brad? Oh, yeah, we buy a gift for my pet. A gift or multiple gifts? Uh, I think we just get him one, and then we'll find some of his toys around the house and wrap them up so, so he can rip <laughs> he the can boxes He can do the same off. thing for toddlers. I love that. That's a great idea. Yeah, he doesn't know. I mean, we buy a gift for my dog for my wife. Does that make sense? Wait, mm-hmm. what? We buy the gift for my dog for my wife because my wife enjoys watching Poe open presents on Christmas Day because he digs into it and rips in. And now he has come to expect that anytime there's like presents setting out, he will go bark at the pile knowing that there is probably a treat in there for him. Leah, you got a pet? I have two dogs. You have big dogs, don't you? Yeah. What kind of dogs are they? 
Uh, one is a um, Burmese Mountain Dog mix, and the other one is a um, I'm blanking on the name Border Collie mix. Names? Uh, Shotgun and Busby. <laughs> Shaka and Busby? Shotgun. Oh, Shotgun. Shaka. like Shaka Khan. Khan. Their names are Shaka and Khan, or Khan and Shaka. It just wow. depends on the day. You're a huge fan of Shaka Khan. I didn't know that. Do you get them Christmas presents? Um, We've gotten them presents, not specifically for Christmas. The, the last so not, one was you're Halloween. not getting them Christmas presents then? No. That's the question. They got a present for Halloween. They're going to have to wait a bit. <laughs> you don't okay. want to spoil them. Did you wrap that and put that under the Halloween tree? No, we made him wear it. Absolutely, I do not get my dog presents. You don't? No. So when we had a dog, we had a St. Bernard, big dog, and we absolutely every year would buy that dog a bone and she would sniff that thing out before Christmas every year. Uh, well, she is at the groomers today, so that's kind of like a, can I... Count that for dog gifts? No, you cannot. Well, I can Primping do what I doesn't want. Count. No, what? it doesn't count. A sanitary shave? No. <laughs> sanitary shave. Is it hairless now? <laughs> I, I haven't seen her yet. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, then that puts Brad and I firmly in the majority because 81% of respondents to this poll said they do buy a 80? Christmas. 81%. What's wrong with you? Say that, they that, do that. buy a present for their Man. animal. Absolutely. Well, the thing about it is, too, I think for a lot of people, they, like, I don't know, for me, my dog is my dog. Mm-hmm. It's like a buddy. But for a lot of people, they treat their dog almost like a child. Oh, I, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, before we and had that's kids. a lot where that, yeah, yeah especially before yeah. they have kids. I almost probably don't do it because of that. I get that. That's fair. I probably, I, I and I spoil Rosie every night. I have to. It's funny. I have to walk around my bed, and I have to jump in my bed and get the covers up as fast as I can because I don't want her dogness on the sheets. But if she can be on the top blanket, I have a top blanket on there so she can be. But I have to hurry up and get there, and I'm like, wait, 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 and I get in like whoosh. And then she jumps up and she lays all the way up on me and she just puts her face right here and she snuggles with me. And Jared does not like that. <laughs> and I do not care. But I will also give her scraps and stuff of food. So I spoil her. I'm not wrapping the dog a gift. That's not happening. <laughs> you are among the minority then because only 19% say they don't. I am real unfamiliar with the minority. What about, do you, would you say that your pet enjoys the holiday season more than you? My pet enjoys everything more than I do. <laughs> That's a good point. Brad, does your pet enjoy the holiday season more than you? No, he has no idea what's going on. Leah? What was the question? I like how Brad Sorry. and Leah are both <laughs> leaning six feet away from their microphones. Yeah, and I'm like, segment. Brad, Leah? They're like, uh, shoot, we're doing other work. Uh, does your pet enjoy the holiday season more than you do? No. Okay, good. 20% said yes. <laughs> Which means 80% said no. How long does it take you to get ready for Christmas? Now, this would include all of the decorating, baking, shopping, and wrapping. How many weeks would you say it takes you from the time you start till Christmas? I think I would start four weeks before. I'll, I'll really start in January. But I don't know that I'm ever, quote, unquote, ready for Christmas. So I will put four solid weeks into gift gift buying, cards, stuff like that. And then whenever Christmas gets here... This is as ready as I'm getting, mm-hmm. and that's that. I will just say that I give it my best effort for about ten weeks, because <laughs> it is it's I am I it is finished when it's over, and I'm like, well, 
high five Jared, we try. Yeah, you're going to get to the finish line one way or another. Yeah. But you would say 10 weeks you're putting into getting ready for crossing that finish line. Okay. The average person, six weeks. Hmm. I would say that's about where I'm at, actually. Yeah. Uh, outdoor Christmas decorations. Putting them up. Yes, I think we're all yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 70% of Americans do. But that's that's not, just, that's, there's no way. No way. That's, I have to say that's high. That, yeah, that seems high based but on the it, number of houses. I wonder if you put your Christmas wreath on your front door. If That probably counts. I, I was going to say, I think that if I... That might be all some people can do. I was going to say, if I think I drove through my neighborhood, there's probably 70% of the houses in my neighborhood have something Christmas. Yeah, out. but you live in Pleasantville. No, I don't. I live in Old Fallon. <laughs> I think a lot of people would say that's Pleasantville. Use that. That's Use not that for the record. We love O'Fallon, <laughs> O'Fallon, yeah. Illinois. Not O'Fallon. Not Mo Fallon. <laughs> Use that as the promo. Shut it was such a funny you. line. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't. It, I live in O'Fallon. Make it the Mark Cox Show promo, not ours. <laughs> yeah. uh, when do you do those outdoor decorations? At what point? Basically, using Thanksgiving as the demarcation line. As soon line. as possible. You do it before that. If I can get it done. Is that a yes? That's a yes. I'm going to say yes. I didn't Brad? execute it as well this year. but Say it again. Do you do your decorations, outdoor decorations, He's before or after Thanksgiving? <laughs> uh, first nice day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> so you're after. Leah? Um, I think after. Yeah, same as him. Nice I'm day. usually after, not because I want to be, but like Annie, it's like as soon as I can. Yeah. Thirty-four percent say they do before Thanksgiving. So if Halloween was a Friday and November first was a Saturday, and that day was nice, I would have lights on in the front of my house. Yeah, me too. How about taking decorations down? Not when, just do you? Yes, and I would say January first or second. I need I need a clean break. I need to move on. I don't like the lingering. What about leaving them on, leaving them up, but not on? No. You got to take them down. They never turn off. They get turned off when I put them in the tote. Okay. So this year, usually I take them down like the week after Christmas or after New Year. But this year we got some new LED lighting that is designed to be permanently installed. So I'll be leaving that up, but I won't be turning it on. And then I can also program it to light up for different holidays. Yeah, heads up, O'Fallon. Yeah, Yeah, what's up? We're about to turn it into Pleasantville. So you you technically then never take them down because the answer to the question is 1% of America never takes down their Christmas decorations. Yeah, Brad's totally one of those people. He is now. <laughs> well, let's talk about him while he's not on his microphone. Exactly. What about your celebrations this year, more or less? Is it a bigger Christmas for you or less? <sighs> Same. I mean, I would say in the wake of my grandma passing in 2020, because she was the last grandparent on both sides, my family and Jared's family. And, uh, you know, when, when they're around, you adhere to the traditions that grandma and great-grandma or right. great-grandpa expect. And so in 2020, it kind of shifted a little bit. But we we see family, and our family, we're blessed to have basically our entire family here. So it's about the same. Yeah, I would say ours is about as big as ever. Uh, the stat is that four in ten just this year are planning to downsize their Christmas celebrations. So 40% are downsizing. That may be because of the next question, are you worried about affording Christmas this year? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very important to remember that if you're spending money on things, you have to be able to afford the things that you're spending money on. And when you're buying for kids and you see something and you think you're done, but then you see something and then you're like, oh, no, they're not even on gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to fight that. So yes, yes. 
Yeah, I would say about- I, I, worried is a strong word, but I am definitely thinking aware of it. it. Yeah, I would I would say probably in the yes. You thinking yeah. about affording Christmas this year? Is it on your mind? We've talked about how much we're spending now, and we've had to roll back a little bit. Okay. Be- yeah. Leah, too? Yes. I think everybody's a yes. Study found that 72% of Americans are worried about affording the cost of the season this year to some degree. How about this? Are you buying a gift for your significant other, do you have, if you have one? (laughs) This is the first year that I've been shopping for other people, and I've been telling Jared, like, I kind of like this. He's like, buy it. And I'm like, will you wrap it for me? And he's like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) You got to that stage. I got... What time is it? The kids are still at school. I bought, I was shopping in Kohl's for a couple of things for the kids, and I came across a white Nike hat, and it's an Air Force hat, and it says AF. Oh, nice. Oh, that's awesome. I said, and I go, I, and it was like on clearance. It was a Nike hat on clearance at Kohl's. Ryan, this is how you do it. Okay. And I said, Ten it was notes. like 20 bucks. I was like, I have to buy this, right? He goes, you have to buy it. I go, will you wrap it for me? He's such sure. If only there was a branch of the military that was RW. Which one of these, oh, by the way, the stat is that 16% of parents or people who are with somebody are, are not getting gifts for each other this year. I don't, I, I actually think I'd be in that 16%. We're not really. Oh, we always do. I, I think it's getting less and less as time goes Jared? by. But, uh, which of these gets you in the Christmas spirit the quickest? Spending time with loved ones, decorating the tree, seeing Christmas lights, or listening to Christmas music? Um, You said the quickest? <clears throat> yep. Probably Christmas music, but the best part is spending time with loved ones. Anybody else want to chime in on that one? Leah? Spending time with loved ones, decorating the tree, seeing lights, or Christmas music? Which one's my favorite? Which one gets you into the Christmas spirit? The, the music. Music. I mean, Me too. As soon as, as soon as you hear your first Christmas song of the season, it's like, yep. okay. I'm, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there, but you're among the majority. I'm, I'm the tree. Really? Okay, mm-hmm. so the order was the order that I gave them in, spending time with loved ones, decorating the tree, holiday lights, and then Christmas music. Uh, do we have time? Last one. Have you ever been hurt while putting up the tree? No. Um, I think that Jared hurt his th- like stabbed his thumb this year. Okay. Maybe. Like on a tree branch or something like that? Yeah, I bet so. So this is an ever question, not just this year. Yeah, I'd say be a yes. No, 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 no. Percentage? 20%. Americans have been hurt while putting up the tree. Tyrus, when we come back. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 